May is an interesting month. If you reside in India, you probably understand that most May days here are May days. Temperatures were high, causing mayhem and distress. All metal objects and surfaces burn like clay ovens and air conditioners, they struggle to make any difference. For the schoolgoers though, May isn't so bad. In fact, they look forward to this month all year long for annual summer vacation. You can spot them eating popsicles and playing with water sprinklers in the gardens. Of course, all of you know all of this and so much more about this month. But how many of you know that May is also the Mental Awareness Month? So, this May Day, I will discuss mental wellness with my guest, who happens to be one of my most favorite people. Stay tuned. Worn out nib, crumpled sheets, shattered ink pot, scattered thoughts. I have no ink to write, but I have stories to tell. Tutti Kalam. Episode 2 Mental Masks and Mistakes. Welcome, Malik. May is, of course, the Mental Awareness Month, and the central theme of my novel also revolves around mental wellness. So, I thought there could not be a better stage and time to discuss the topic, and there could not be a better guest. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Raman, for having me over here. Before proceeding further, let us try to break down the title for our listeners. So, how do you understand mental masks and mistakes? <laughs> so, it's a title which makes you think, right? I mean, mental masks, what you're trying to imply is the mask that everyone wears on top of their core personality or, or top of their core mental well-being or their mental self and the mask they put on. Is it something like that? So, yeah, there are, of course, no right or wrong answers. So, this is what it means to you when you hear this topic, whatever comes into your head. The first thing. So, mental mask is something something that you put on for your everyday life. I mean, there are certain aspects of your life which are there. They might be closeted or they might be out in the open. You might have embraced your trust with your mental well-being. Either case, right? Mental masks for me are something that you put on and just get on with your life. Try to make sense out of whatever is happening around you. Hmm. Very interesting. So, you know, when I was thinking about the topic, the thing that came into my head was basically something people try to hide, okay, some aspect of their personality, maybe because it's not something that is common, I would say, or majority of the people have it. It's it's a trait of the personality that person contains, which is very you know, unique, private to you. Private also, yeah. Very unique to you. And yeah, it becomes private, I think, because it is unique. I feel if others will see the side of personality of me, they will probably mock me. Yeah. So th- that is what I thought when I thought of a mask. So in terms of your book, right? So if I were to draw a pun or a correlation, it's like a cover. Hmm. A cover can speak volumes about it. Though you want cover to be attractive, you want cover to acceptable with people, agreeable with people. Right? So mental masks, I guess, are something like that where you want to be part of society. You don't want to be an outcast or an, or an outlier, which actually manifests from your mental experiences or mental health experiences or your current state of mental hmm. health. But you go office, you take a bath, you go office fresh 
and then you compartmentalize those things that's what mm-hmm. i feel rather than trying to be somebody else or trying to ape somebody else yeah just to fit in it's basically not fitting in that you're talking about yeah not fitting in i mean it's it's complimentary basically yeah yeah it's a characteristic what about the second part of the title mistakes what else oh yes we have not discussed that is it a mistake to put on a mask see when it comes to mental health right there is there is there is there is no right or wrong answer i mean let's look at it from both the sides if you look at mental mask as a term which is which is about hiding your insecurities about your mental health or your mental state in terms of the larger social and anthropological gathering right, as a community or as society or as your close work or even if within your family i don't think it's a mistake i think it is something where you don't want people to judge you based on that or you don't Mm-hmm. or and some points it is also about you don't want people to get hurt there are people who don't go out with people who don't gel well with people because they know that they would end up hurting them and that's why they have created that that mask or that shield right i don't think it's a mistake but if that mask is something which you have worn and when you see yourself in the mirror and if the mask is the only thing that you see then i think it's a mistake you at least you as a person should be aware about your own true self about That's your real self extremely extremely interesting point of view i had something on the opposite spectrum where when maybe i read this topic if somebody has lived under a false pretense all their life and because they are scared of how the world will see them and it can be anything it can be you know coming out maybe they have lived a life way different from they would have wanted perhaps yeah. putting this shield and all of a sudden we tell them that you do not need to put this mask okay or they feel for themselves that you know i need not be scared of what others think of me let's say for example or the world thinks of me or or the world perceives me and they decide to put off their mask and be who they are would they think that living with the mask was a mistake all through see again that is that is that is very subjective right so there are again two aspects to it one is why do you put on a mask i mean to hide your insecurities or you want people to embrace you as you are mm. right so there are two things to hide your insecurities because you yourself are not okay with showcasing those insecurities i mean there are people who have put on a certain type of mask or let's say let's a veil within their own family if they would just come out and talk let's say see when we talk about indian context right we don't expect our parents to be supportive all the way hell they are not even supportive of us choosing our own partners right <laughs> so this is a very deep thing but then if you think of it as a mistake or if you take out the mask right at the same time you have to understand one more thing that you cannot expect society or people to understand your point of view you have to give them some space some room to make sense out of that you cannot expect people to just go out and say that okay i accept you as you are or whatever the thing might be mm. right they have right to their own thoughts they have right to their own beliefs yeah so expecting that people would understand you or people would be just okay with letting you be what you are these are two different things one is adjustment that people might make because they're okay wo aisa hai theek hai apne ghar mein ho but then i'm un- expecting them to understand you and come to you and talk to you about it that hey uh, you are coming out uh, what happened yes i totally understand it these are two separate things you cannot expect people to be that open or that that understanding 
if minority of the people have particular trait it's difficult because it's a world governed by majorities yes whatever is missing or whatever is different from the majority is looked down upon putting a mask to just keep that within you and i am not saying as i said before that i am not expecting people other people to understand or embrace this but at least that person be without a mask at least create that environment that person does not need the mask i don't require somebody's approval yeah as long as that is there i think yes so again it ties back to the same point right so because of this majority minority you had a mask so it also depends the feeling of freedom that you get once you take off this mask or once you embrace your own insecurities i i mean if you are okay with it alone i think it should not be seen as a mistake but if you're not okay alone if you're not doing anything about it, then it is very important for you to first accept those things settle with those things and then look at the world or look beyond to at least adjust or accept or acknowledge or embrace as in when the stages come in that right but you yourself have to be very very secure and very honest with your own self yeah i think but that also molik don't you think is governed by perceptions how can i be comfortable with something or some trait of my personality when i know everybody around me looks down upon me for this or looks down upon this characteristic that's why i'm not comfortable with it how would i tell myself or believe in the fact that this is normal when nobody is enforcing that idea into me yeah i think i think i think that is where the entire mental health and the mental wellness and the mental well being thing comes into so it's not just about external factors or external health it is also more about internal so whenever you go to a therapist or whenever you talk to someone right first of all what they do is they try to tell you that it's okay to be this way it's okay it's perfectly fine so that is when you come to terms with your own self or you you feel comfortable letting yourself know that okay fine this this is something that first i can live with or i can accept it probably i'll slowly start taking the mask or the veils off that is what it is my next question to you is the meaning of mental wellness to you ha <laughs> uh, see mental wellness manifests in lot of ways let's take everyday example you are trying to book a cab five cab wallas or five cabs are cancelled you want to go to a meeting or an office right you go to the orr ring road there is a bridge work going on again you are stuck in traffic for one hour will that stress you out yes that will stress you out that will stress anybody out so is this this amount of stress impacting your mental wellness some people would say yes even the slightest of stress as you go along in your every day be it traffic be it booking a cab be it being late for work being overburdened with work even the slightest of stress adds to your mental wellness can we do something about deducts from the mental wellness yes 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 hampers your mental wellness right impacts your mental wellness these are all external factors we cannot do anything about for me mental wellness is letting this external factors play out as they would have but as and when it hits me how open i am to looking at this how open i am to seeing this and then thinking theek hai roz ka hai i not let it bother me and this is just one aspect of it there are various aspects of mental wellness to keep your mental wellness at a certain level or to help you with your mental wellness and there are few people who have taken extreme steps because they were not happy enough or you know they were not satisfied enough so to what levels do you let these external factors affect you and once they affect you how you deal with them if it's in green green means if in the book of profit and loss if it's 
if it just keeps on adding to your stress or to your mental well-being or takes on keeps on taking away from it and at the end of your office you are not happy to go and see your family or you are not happy to go and in your own safe space you are not happy there then i think that is something that need that you need to work on this is one example it can be perceptions about you it can be people's opinion about you it can be the way you are it can be your sexuality it can be your gender it can be anything it can be glass ceiling you know it makes so much sense there would there is certain amount of stress that is attached to a lot of things everyday right. things which can be very small for somebody the same stress can be you know a lot to take for somebody else do something till the time it is it is within your control or as you say that it is not making you unhappy yeah. the moment that happens probably it's time to weigh if it is worth it yeah. for example it can be a job it can be your bond with a person or it can be anything else let's call it trigger point trigger point to your emotional outburst trigger point to your anger outburst trigger point to even your hunger outburst people eat when they are stressed and then that hampers their physical health as well when you overeat or when you binge on binge on certain type of now there is no right or wrong into maintaining your own own lifestyle you can go about it how can you manage those trigger points with this with the stress or with the societal pressure or political condition geopolitical condition i think this is what mental well wellness or well being is managing this thing addition to that it's very important to be self aware if let's say i'm not self aware or i'm not aware enough to understand that this is the trigger point everything will start degrading from there i have to at least as you said at the start of the podcast be honest to yourself there at least you know okay this is a trigger point something probably needs to be left behind in the past now and i should not carry it any further from here but you know molly as i said it might be very difficult for certain people to understand that trigger point so what do you advise our listeners maybe from your personal experiences or something that you have heard somebody else experiencing how to be sure of that trigger point or how to know for yourself that i have reached it probably when you are deviating from your normal behavior you are not an angry person but off lately you have certain pangs of anger or certain outbursts of anger you are generally usually not an angry person when you feel that your self worth is diminishing or you are not achieving enough or this feeling of dissatisfaction constant dissatisfaction with yourself or with your work these are just few examples drastic increase in your weight and when you see your food habits so when you deviate from your normal behavior or what you usually are or what you would have been in a normal environment these characteristics they kind of stand out and people will tell you ki yaar tu aise kyun kar raha hai kya ho gaya people will react to it there are various signs that you see and if you see those signs or if you are self aware enough to see those signs that is the time when you know that there is there is something which is going on with me and so the second part of the answer is take help take help talk to someone talk to your friends talk to your family talk to your colleagues they might not be able to understand it they might say theek yaar theek ho jayega i have had so many so many people my best friends there is one things to say that ha yaar theek hai time ke sath theek ho jayega i know that is not the answer that we are looking for right but at least you have gotten it out of your system you 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 actually had the courage to open up to someone hmm. and then you take this courage and then you take a step forward you talk to someone professional seek help cry for help i think yeah that's very interesting and i will discuss both the points with you a little more in detail 
The first one being uh, you talking about asking for help, reaching out for help. But at the same time, how important a role do friends and family play here to understanding that, okay, probably there is something wrong with my best friend or probably there is something wrong with my family. I understand, okay, that person is not coming to me. But, you know, as a friend, I have seen or noticed a certain degree of difference in the lifestyle where I feel that I need to talk to the person about. Friends and family, they play the most important role from both, both the angles. There are people who suffer anxiety, panic attacks because the way their family is, because the way their parents are. They have been beating them. They have been belittling them. Friend and family is not just for support. Sometimes friend and family are the very reason. Rather, family is the very reason because of your entire this mental downfall that you are experiencing or the way you are or this or these things manifesting themselves. Right? They are the core reason at the bottom of it. So it is it is very important to identify those people and it is very easy for us to say because in today's age we have tools, we have options because even when we talk about the corporate jobs, there are companies who are now mindful of their employees' mental well-being and they are providing them that support system, they are extending that support. So it is very easy for us to say. Now think of it when we are talking about someone from a tier 2, tier 3 cities who has been struggling with his, with his life, with his mental health, who has been struggling with his perceived shortcomings for so long right for so long and he doesn't have or he or she doesn't have this ecosystem or tool right then what does he do people react to you know some triggers in a in very different ways some go into a shell they just excuse themselves from everything they just go into a room a dark room and then they you know, just be with them yourself but at the end of it the first point is if you are aware that there is there is something which is which is wrong or there is something that that is bothering you it might be bothering you for years right it is okay go to a friend go to, go and talk to your relatives if you would want to but get that out at the max what will they do they will they they will make fun of you worse for for sharing these things right or they might just be little this saying that ye to kuch nahi hai there is nothing like this and then uh, these things happen in life just you know bakala be a man that's okay, but keep on seeking people. And if nothing works, go and talk to a professional. Go and talk to someone. That's very, very interesting, Malik. And I'm going to base my next question on what we have just discussed. For somebody maybe who's grown up, who is an adolescent or maybe in their late teens, they understand these things a little better than somebody who is still young. Childhood traumas generally happen early in a person's life. Because of a trauma, if a person is, has gone into a shell as a kid, then how can a kid save themselves from this whole situation? And that's where I, I want to ask you, what is the role of friends and family according to you? See, when you face a childhood trauma, right? Most often than not, it is mostly it is because of the parents, or the statistics say that it is it is because of the family condition or parents. And then there are other factors as well. If if God forbid they were abused as a kid, or they were beaten as a kid, or they were made fun of as a kid, right? For children, when I say children, right, it is very difficult to you know put a finger to to it and say that okay this is something that is wrong because kids are kids they try to you know go on with their life they just try to block these memories out they just try to you know live with it right put on the mask yeah they put on a mask yes rightly said they they put on a mask they don't completely understand or comprehend what is happening right for them it's neither right neither wrong it is something different 
and they don't know how to say these things how to convey these things they don't know how to tell anybody be it their parents or friends that what is happening and they don't know so friends in the same friend group might not even be able to comprehend these things right so it is it is upon the parents it is upon the teachers it is it is it is upon the parents of the friends right where if they see that a child is off he is he is withdrawn he just stands in a corner there are signs for it as well but then a child cannot do much about it a child cannot do it is it is it is the society or the parents or the teachers or parents of friends who who need to look out for this signs hmm. you know in the past few years and the recent years i've seen at least in india and maybe a decade since throughout the world topic of mental awareness has really caught some traction so people are talking about it but it's all about the mental health of adults at least i have not heard many people talking about mental health of kids and how important it is for them as well i mean if we put physical wellness and psychological wellness at par then kid can be physically not well so a kid can also be psychologically unwell yes that's true a child need not necessarily be abused a child need not necessarily be harassed or beaten there are various forms of pressures which you know impact a child and see it is very important because these are formative years yeah. so it is it is very important because that is how his life will play out in his mind that is how he will see that this is what happens when you grow up if you are you know putting a lot of pressure on your kid apart from this those abuses and everything right if if a kid is going through a lot of pressure about studies about extracurricular and all of those things right that also adds into those formative years into his personality and when something is inherently wrong or inherently wrong is a very strong word right something which is inherently amiss in your personality right it takes it is a very long journey to change that personality changes take a long time i mean there are therapies around that there are there are there are there are certain certain prescribed drugs around it that actually that part takes a very long time it is okay for a kid to be a mediocre kid it is okay for kid to have a broken heart i mean we we have recently seen teen suicides i mean because they were turned down by their love prospects i mean it is so it is very important for parents to teach their kids that this is a phase of growing up you will fail you will have a broken heart somebody will cheat on you you will cheat on somebody that is wrong but you will do that or you might do that right and so this wrong and right it is it is it is it is very important for parents to impart this thing or educate that their kids that it is okay you can talk to us one thing that i i wanted to ask you is the division between your physical wellness and your psychological wellness the reason why i ask you that is a person can say that smoking gives me immense pleasure i am very happy when i smoke and i do it for my mental well being but at the same time this uh, the physical self is degrading let's say so where do you make the division and how do you make that division <laughs> this is a tough one right so let's say if someone is a heavy smoker right and you suddenly ask him to quit him or her to quit there are certain withdrawal symptoms and this withdrawal symptoms they might affect your mental well being 
both physical and you know psychological well being i think i think i think they are very tightly connected or they are intertwined if, if that is the right word to use if i'm if i'm physically fit if i'm physically healthy subconsciously there is one part of my life or that is one aspect of my being that i'm not worried about these things they kind of show in a long term in your overall outlook right so if i'm physically healthy if i'm physically fit right that is one aspect of my life which i'm not worried about that part of my life is somewhere sorted subconsciously in my mind and then it becomes easy for me to apply my mind to other aspects or other stresses or other part of my life that is one thing which i truly believe that you know whatever gives you you know gives you that that kind of relaxing feeling or whatever physically let's say some people say that i work out and it gives me immense pleasure but we have seen cases where people have passed out because of working out or people have died because of extensive workout right so you have to draw that line you have to draw that balance right but physical health is i think i think as important as mental health and it is one of the reason for mental wellness mental wellness to be not at certain levels that we expected it to be mm. on one particular point i think i do not agree with you molik when you talked about you know being physically healthy and then you have the head space to focus on other aspects which are which may be our mental aspects but why do i need to be physically fit first and not mentally fit and then focus on my physical aspects so i did not say that you have to be physically fit first i just talked about a simple physical hmm. well being hmm. right because physical well being is something which is tangible if you're physically fit right it shows in your personality it shows in your outer self it shows as your exterior part of your being right that okay this person is physically fit or this person is healthy and and in no way is talking about weight okay but then there are researches which which have claimed that being physically fit is 30 or rather 25 to 30% of your mental well being so there are researches which have been carried out right and if you are physically healthy then i think that is one aspect where you are where you have to worry less and again mental well being is also a process physical well being is is also a process right but physical well being is tangible it is something which will give you immediate results in terms of your bmi in terms of your overall body checkup when you do right you get certain tests and results back and so so that is something which would give you an immediate gratification kind of a thing that this is that, that, that this is an aspect of my life which is which is okay which is sorted hmm. interesting so there are ways to measure your physical well being is what we are talking about yeah. vitals are there and the other medical readings and tests to measure certain degree of wellness in your physical body sometimes when i'm not well or i have a physically not well i have fever i feel it i know that i have i do That's not need a, i do not need a thermometer to tell me that your temperature is high i know for myself my body is feeling somewhat weaker than usual and i know probably i have some temperature similarly there might not be some vitals to check your mental health but for yourself at certain point you would know that probably i'm not 100% of myself today Yeah. It's absolutely okay to be down on certain days yeah. just like if we get physically unwell on certain days we just rest we just let our body heal itself yeah right not always do we take medicines 
Similarly, I think for mental well-being also, if certain day I feel I'm not feeling 100% of what I usually feel, I should be able to take just a day off, not perhaps work or just switch off. Just switch off and just, you know, do things probably that makes me happy. I mean, if work makes me happy, of course, I'll go ahead and work. But if it doesn't, probably I'll do what makes me happy. One thing which you mentioned, right? So, yes. So, physical well-being. If you're not 100% physical, and I'm not talking about internal organs and such. In general, if you're not well physically, right? It shows, right? But for mental wellness, it is it is, it is, is very important. Because a person who might seem the happiest, that happiness or that, you know, that comic or that sense of humor might just be a defense mechanism for them to keep kind of a mask. Yes. That can just be a defense mechanism or it can be kind of a mask. It is it is very important to see beyond that mask or to look beyond that mask for people around you or you know as yourself who is who is who is going through such thing. It is it is it is very important. Perfect. So last question in the segment, Malik, and then we'll uh, jump to the second segment of podcast. Do you remember any particular incident as a kid? When, and it's completely up to you. Uh, if you do not want to answer this, you can obviously we can skip this question. But do you remember any particular incident when you thought that you know if I would have had some help there or somebody to help me out, I probably would have gone through that stage or that phase or that incident in a much much smoother way. Yes, and I am all okay to answer this question because this is really important, right? I mean. If it if 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 this story uh, you know impacts even one person, I think I think I think I think that's a positive impact. So I think I've shared this with you. So I I stammer, and uh, when I was growing up in my school, we had these houses. You remember mm-hmm. blue, green, mm-hmm. red, yellow. Mm-hmm. Or if you are from uh, uh, central school, then Vivekananda and all mm-hmm. of those houses, right? And then there were internal school competitions like elocution competition speech competition that's 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 a different kind of elocution speech competition debates i was never given a chance by my house captains or by my teachers to participate in any of those things because i used to stand and i always felt dejected as a kid now what did i do i thought that this is this is kind of a defect in me and I lived with that. I did not share it with anybody. I live with it. That is what most of the kids do. That's what I say, right? People have to look for those signs in children. They will not come and say, right? So I don't, to an extent that uh, there were turns, uh, there were turns uh, for people to go and read the uh, school ending prayer. So on a microphone for like straight eight years, uh, Yes, eight or nine years that I was that I was in my school, I was never given this chance or opportunity to recite the prayer before the bell rang. Right, my my turn was given to someone else, or my slot was given to someone else. So what I did, I thought, okay, this is how life is going to pan out. I mean, that was that was me as a child. But then I got hooked on to shows, comedy shows. Three's Company was there, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was there. I saw them on that show speaking beautifully. And then what I did was I tried. I tried and tried and tried. Then I started participating in debate outside of my school. Then I just picked up few topics with my friends. I started learning about few things because 
any debate needs a topic or a starting point, right? So then I started reading about general knowledge of what we can talk about, what I can talk about, what is what will drive this conversation, right? And that is how I started getting my general knowledge and my information. And now what I do is I talk for a living. I'm in pre-sales. I present. I talk for my living. I talk for my salary. I talk for my paycheck. This is this is this is this is not just an incident. So that's what I'm saying, right? Some things they manifest in just one incident. Some things they just play along till it hits a trigger point, right? Mm-hmm. And it is very important to be self-aware, or it is very important to know that okay, this is going to take me in a direction, or this is going to take me in a dark place. Then what do you do about it? I worked on it on my own. I did not. I did not share this with my parents. They, my parents, they still don't know that this things happened with me in the school. I was made fun of. I was bullied. But then, just to get back to ten, right? I created this this wicked sense of humor, which which few few people think is dark and inappropriate, right? But but at my level, I gave back to them, and not in a demeaning way, in in better ways, smarter ways, right? So that is, this is, this is, this is one thing which could have, you know, shaped me how I looked my future self, but then it shaped me into what I am today. It could have shaped me for worse. It could have shaped me for better, but this is what it is. Beautiful. Beautiful. And at any point in time, do you think, and this is for maybe parents of younger ones who are listening to us. Uh, at any point in time, did you feel that certain kind of help helped you in a better way or made your life a little easier? Yes. And what kind of help? Yes, definitely. A small intervention from teachers. I mean, teachers, when you go to school, right? Teachers are, are your guardians. They are your customers. They, they are paid to look after you, right? And not just development from studies perspective and overall development otherwise why would we have this sport culture sport needs and cultural needs and all because it helps an overall development of a student of a pupil right so it is teachers responsibility they own that part where they are responsible for overall development of their students or of the pupil teachers could have intervened but they just played along they thought that okay this guy stammers he haklata to fir kyun bhejes were they protecting me? I don't think so. They would have normalized this. Haklana is okay. Stammering is okay. Every fourth or fifth person is a stam- stutters or stammers. They could have normalized it, but they did not. So a small intervention from teachers, a small pat on the back, a bit of confidence in me while they did not allow me to, you know, compete in those events. A bit of confidence in me, even though if I, if I fail, right, a bit of confidence would have gone a long way. Thank you, Malik, for sharing that. And I'm so sure that so many of the people listening to this podcast would benefit from it. Hopefully. <laughs> with that, we'll end this first segment here. We'll be back with the next segment where we focus a little bit more on crochet. Stay tuned.
Wonderful. So welcome back after the break. So for the second segment, we are going to focus on crochet. Your initial thoughts on whatever you have read. I know that you have not read the complete book or the complete story, but you have read some fair bit of it. So what are your first thoughts? And again, let's, you know, as between friends, let's be honest with each other and whatever you like, not like can be. I am not a ardent reader myself. I consume media in a different way. I consume in form of visual media, movies and all. But what I loved about Crochet is, and I think the title justifies what you have done is, those, those intricate sections or overlapping of events, that complexity that you have tried to, you know, which are, which are intertwined with each other. The storytelling basically, that not just around Tahir, but how various aspects of his life added to whatever he was thinking, right? I mean, it can be that event with his mother, the phone calls with his father, the sessions with his therapist, right? Each of these have a small or a big amount of bearing on Tahir and his personality as he is. And it is rightly, as the title is rightly there, right? There are there are so many knots into this. There are there are there, there are so many weavings into his character or his being as a as an individual. That is that is something I loved about it. See, when I read it, I could connect or I could connect with the character of Tahir as much as I read it. Wonderful, wonderful. So one thing that I have tried to do in the book is you know represent a lot of mental frame of mind to a physical place. Physically, you might not be in a place, but mentally inside your head, you're probably at a particular place. Right? So I've tried to use metaphors of certain places. Certain physical places in the book are not really physical at all. They're only mental spaces. And of course, we understand that Tahir is a troubled kid. Wonderful. So same question as I asked the first guest as well. You know, if you could talk to any of the characters in the book. Who would you choose to talk to and why? Okay. Tahir is an obvious answer, right? I mean, I would love to talk to Tahir and, you know, there's this, there's this, there's this, I think, I think if, if I'm not wrong, there is this incident or a place in his mind that is his school's toilet, right? That is, that is where he feels he's belonged or that is his safe place or a happy place, right? Trust me, it was the same with me when I was going through my school. So there are there are there is no one to judge you, right? There is there is no people over there and it's just it's it just sits there, right? And nobody judges you, right? So obviously I would like to or I would love to talk to Tahir about so how does he perceive himself? I mean what is what is what is his self-awareness about himself? While I was coming here, right, and this might be a deeper thought than <laughs> uh, than the usual thought. Thoughts that I uh, thoughts that I have is some people might call it layers, right? Layers of experiences, layers like an onion, and you have called it crochet, right? Where uh, you know so so why crochet uh, is an app title? First of all, I'd like to just 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 point that out as each layer, even in an onion, right? Each layer is an individual thing in itself. If you pull out a layer, right, it doesn't impact or affect the rest of the being or rest of the onion, right? This is the same thing with any layer, layered thing, right? Uh, 
while crochet right if you if you try to untie a single thread or pull a single thread right your entire being that is there or that has been woven is almost destroyed or loses its form right it's deformed and that's why i feel that you know understanding that each thread that impacts or that makes this thing as a whole an individual right but is a small aspect of that whole thing but which in itself is not an individual i think i would like to talk tahir about each of these threads that has shaped his life that has shaped him or his character oh i could not have explained the significance or the meaning of crochet better myself and i'm so happy that you did and of course while talking about each of the thread that's basically will come out in certain shape and form throughout the book and that's what the book is about the book is about each knot or each stitch that is a part of the larger crochet i don't know how how i justified your question or how my answer how i answered your question but yes so the person and tahir is he's a beautiful person right if you see all of us physical places are happy places be it that sunset on his terrace or where i don't know where is expecting a phone call or you know where he breaks his phone not getting much into that but that is what i recollect right be it that terrace or you know be it his hostel room or be it his his school's toilet or washroom right the beautiful part is in each of this physical places he was trying to be as normal as he can be he was trying to find himself he was trying to answer those questions he was he was trying to make sense of those of those knots of those threads and that is what i believe and that is what i would like to talk to him about yeah so he's basically trying to accept himself when he's at those places yeah. right because he's alone there's yeah. nobody to judge yeah. and that's where you can pull down your mask yeah you can be yourself and that's what this poor kid is trying to be yeah. wonderful any last thoughts on crochet before we move forward to our last segment which is ask the author i mean i'm just looking forward to the book i know that in a small whatever small form or way i have been part of this book i've loved the journey i mean i know we we have sat at your place we have discussed about this in the midnight or when we are just chilling out or hanging out at your place right i have tried to provide certain inputs i have tried to you know be a part of this with my experiences obviously with my experiences and what i felt or what a normal child would feel in in such situations right so i'm just i'm just looking forward to how this entire being which is crocheted would turn out and just looking forward to it i am so excited myself molik i can't even tell you uh, you know you have been an integral part of the complete process not just reading my work but also being there and uh, great discussion i think we'll move to the last segment of our podcast which is ask the author back to the last segment of the second episode yay so malik go ahead yeah 
So in this Ask the Author segment, right, Raman? Uh, I have, but it's like a crochet of questions, <laughs> if I may write. So uh, we have seen creative people, how they work, right? And having known you, I think that you are extremely creative. So when we are at a customer's place, when you are talking to customers, even in, in, in like professional uh, setup, right? You always think from a customer's perspective and that is what we are supposed to do, right? So when you write a character or when creative people do their work, right? They assume personality of a character or that particular project, right? So my question to you is how easy or difficult it was for you to withdraw from this character of Tahir or to withdraw or to come out of this mindset of or a character of Tahir or the narrator and as Raman Agarwal work on the other aspect of this of this of this novel right publishing or the business aspect right and I know that you are working on your second novel as well so if you have withdrawn completely uh, because we know that there are certain directors who are linked to a certain storytellers or who are linked to a certain genre right and that is the genre that they are good at because they assume that genre they are they are well versed with that genre right so when you're working on your second novel that you started, right? How easy or difficult it was for you to not think from Tahir's or your first novel learnings or first novel uh, epiphany perspective and honestly work on that particular setup of your second novel. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. So I'll answer that probably in two stages. Yeah. One is coming out of being Tahir and second is coming out of crochet. Yeah. Right, because crochet has taken substantial years of my life and you know coming out of that story is also a difficult process it's yeah. like there are withdrawals to start with coming out of uh, tahir so the how the book is structured is the first chapter which is called the reference point where we are fixing the reference point of the complete book to follow is written in third person right. And then any story is divided into three acts. The first two acts. For the first two acts, Tahir is narrating the story. So he becomes the narrator. He becomes the storyteller. And I that was the time when I needed to be completely inside of yes. Tahir. But even when for the last act, the book became third person narration, Tahir is still my protagonist. Yeah. Third person limited is what it is called. We are into Tahir's head. We are seeing things from his perspective. Just the narration is a third person narration, which is little wider than only him. Yeah. But he is still the protagonist. And there are various ages of Tahir that we have covered throughout the book. When he's narrating the story, he is in his teenage, but also talking about his childhood years. And again, we, when we are talking about Tahir in third person, we are also talking about Tahir when he was a little more younger than that. Developing Tahir was difficult to start with to find his voice and once it, it came to me, it interfered with the third person narration also to a certain degree. It was a gradual process where I had to learn that, okay, this narration has stopped here. When I immediately started writing the third person narration, I felt I could not, right? It was reading the same. It was, it was still like how Tahir is narrating. So that took some time. But then I spent enough time on writing the last act as well. And there were drafts over drafts over drafts. Around in total, there were 9 to 10 drafts. Every time, you know, getting into that, coming out of that, getting into the third person, 
because it happened so many times so it was not very difficult i would say to coming out of it but coming out of crochet still i feel is something that has not happened completely when i was talking to my publishing manager today and i asked her when you know you think it could be listed she said midweek next week and i was scared is crochet ready for the world is tahir ready to meet people i don't know that's that's a reservation within me right so coming out of crochet is still going to take some time however while writing my second book i i think it has zero bearing for some odd reason i could uh, already in love uh, with my protagonists uh, in the next book so crochet because it's my first novel i also focused on one single main character but if you look at the complex literature there are multiple characters and every character is distinct and they have their own complete support system yeah here also in in crochet also it's there but you know main character is one in the next book there are multiple main characters right i wanted to take that as a challenge and see if i can i can do that i have read so many authors doing that so brilliantly that it's so enticing to you know at least try doing it so that's what i'm i'm trying to do in the next book really i'm already you know in love with two of my main characters and i'm absolutely loving writing them and there are some side characters that are fairly interesting as well so yeah but that's uh, enough about the about the second book but you know i somehow feel i could switch off when i'm writing at least but deep inside somewhere there are reservations or some fear or some anxiety i don't know you know as the date of the release is coming closer it is doing something in my chest i have one one last question sure sure if i'm allowed please i have heard about you know writers discovering something or reinventing themselves while they are writing hmm. authors right? hmm. my last question or the next question is has this book or this character has it had any bearing on you as a person as an individual and has it somehow so have you had any epiphanies while writing this book and has it changed your point of view to certain thanks to certain aspect of life or has it blended in in a certain way to your core character and if it's and if it has changed you in a small way or a big way hmm hmm again extremely interesting i think when i started writing crochet which was not even called crochet when when i first started writing it i think i was a different person i would definitely want to say it and it's not just the characters who have shaped me my evolution over the time that i have written has also shaped crochet right there were other books that i consumed there were other stories that i consumed i learned more about the world i learned more about the point of views of people and perceptions and their perspective about things which i think shaped crochet in a way at the same time crochet of course when i'm as i'm writing crochet i'm reading more about mental health mental wellness i have started you know talking to certain professionals or to understand the complete process to yeah. get deep into it because and that of course has shaped me positively i would say that aspect i'm more open i think to things and i understand the importance of mental wellness you know which perhaps i did at a very superficial level before i started writing it my own research it helped me to understand the topic better to understand the importance of it better lovely conversation thank you so much molik for being here for doing this with me and it's always a pleasure talking to you 
थैंक यू थैंक यू फॉर हैविंग मी थैंक यू फॉर मेकिंग मी पार्ट ऑफ दिस ब्यूटीफुल जर्नी कॉल क्वेश्चन माय प्लेजर कंप्लीटली एंड फॉर आवर लिसनर्स वी विल बी बैक वेरी शॉर्टली विद द थर्ड एपिसोड ऑफ टूटी कल स्टेट यू